When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Girl, how long until we can talk about Paul Flores' mother? Immediately, if not sooner. <laughs> She's a real piece of work. Totally. She comes with props. Yeah. It's a water bottle totally. or glass. She's a wallpaper in the downstairs bath lady. If real I've nightmare. Ever... Totally. Real murder apologist. Absolutely. And rape apologist. We, we don't like that on this podcast. She's about to fight. Not a fan of her or her son or no. her husband. The whole lot of them. I have no use for any of them. Hey, Jillian Benzalali. Oh, hello, Patrick Hines. Sam, I'm sorry. I got so sick. It's my fault. We had to run a repeat this week, but I got to tell you, there's news in this case. Yes. We're going to give you the update at the end. It's why we picked this one. I just got really sick. You got really sick. That's, yeah. And that's, it happens. It just happens. We we never do this, but we've had to do, anyway, so we were, okay. before we jump in, I just want to say we just announced our live show tour. Yes. I'm so excited. Fam, these are the cities. We are doing our opening night in Boston. Yep. Boston, don't let me down. You Show up for we're back this. to the Wilbur. I love the opening Wilbur. night at the Wilbur in Boston. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. From there, we're going to Charlotte, then Denver, then Chicago at the Vic. We're coming back to the Vic. Oh, girl. I love the Vic. So we're going back to the Capitol turnaround in DC. We're going back to the Neptune in Seattle. I love the Neptune. I love Seattle. Me too. Then we're going back to the Palace in LA. Uh, it's the Houdini Theater. I'm obsessed. We're getting the band back together. We're coming home to all these theaters we love so much. Let me tell you this right now, fam. We are closing down the tour in New York City mm-hmm. on August 26th. I'm just going to tell you. Tell we're bringing back. The TCO dancers. We're yep. doing an opening number. I'm getting chills talking I know, me about too. it. Me too. An opening number and a closing number. We it is going to be like the Broadway show, yep. except it's going to be ten times bigger. At town I hall. Am, so you got to come. We're doing it at town hall. It is my dream to, to sell out town hall. Please, 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 New York. August 26th. Can I tell you, I saw the monkeys at Town Hall, so to ah! be playing Town Hall is like a massive oh moment for me. We just saw Red Handed there. It's like, it's a huge deal. So it's please come It's a huge hang. deal, and we're bringing the dancers back. Just one last quick thing. I just announced some more cities for my traveling book party. The cities are Detroit, Nashville, St. Paul, and then the official book release party on September 26th in New York City. It's the day the book comes out. Be there in person. Be the first people to see the physical copy of Ooh. the book. This one does not include a book. Everyone else includes a book, but we will have books on sale there for purchase. Okay, great. I'll be signing all the books. I will be there all night. I'm dying. I can't I'm, wait. The, show, the party's going to start at like one in the afternoon. Exactly. It's going to be great. It's exactly. an all-day affair, so get into it. Wear comfortable shoes, everybody. Exactly. All right, what, what are we talking about today? So we're talking about the abduction and murder of Kristen Smart. This was a Dateline episode, so Josh Manx is here to walk us through this case. Yep, and we are going to come back at the end. We're going to give you the update. It's wild, and let's just do it. Okay. Here we go. Kristen Smart, just 19 years old when she vanished. The police are kind of like, well, she'll be back. It's every father or mother's worst fear. The case was not solved that first year or the next. You're missing a big piece of the puzzle. Through the years, Kristen's presence lingered in the poster on the highway, on the pathways through the red brick dorms where she was last seen. You've only got so many leads to follow. And then someone discovered a way to shake some old evidence loose. I started asking, do you remember the Kristen Smart story? There was no stopping what happened next. 
we learn about Kristen Smart, and right at the top, her friend described her the way I'm assuming you would describe me. Yep. Tall, yep. gorgeous, legs, legs for, for days. days. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Do you think that's not highlighted? No, legs for notes? days. The Patrick Hines story. It's the title of my forthcoming memoir. Absolutely. <laughs> Forward and corrections by Jillian Pensacola. <laughs> I am known for nothing if not my legs. Yes. Joshy Banks. 1,000%. So Kristen Smart, she's 19. She was a freshman in college when she went missing. And Josh asks, will justice finally be served? And if so, will it arrive too late? To which I say, yeah, it's always too late. If we're here, it's too late. If we're talking about justice, it is too late. It's too late. But that's, you know, let's do the work and get it done. But the answer is, yes, it's all it's too late. Yeah, and we meet her brother, Matt, and, like, he was a sophomore in high school when she vanished. The family found out she went missing from a phone call. And by the time the family found out, she'd been missing for two days. Yeah, law enforcement really screws up. And Josh Josh says as much as he's allowed to say for a Dateline episode, he really holds them accountable, which I very much appreciate. We meet family friend Carla Hoffman. Yeah. She tells us that she loved seeing the world, and she had been to South America, and she'd been to England, and she'd been to Hawaii, but she had been with people she knew. And trusted. She wasn't going alone. No. For a 19-year-old, she was very incredibly well-traveled. Yes, and the point is here, when Kristen vanished, of course, there's the idea that, like, maybe she went off on purpose. Maybe she, like, went off on her own. And everyone's saying, like, she loved to travel, she loved adventure, but she was always with people she loved and trusted. She would never just take off by herself. Yeah. Can we talk about Rachel? Sure. Her friend from Hawaii? Who's great. What do you hate about Rachel? I don't hate anything about Rachel. (laughs) I have a lot of questions about her former job. So Rachel worked with Kristen as a camp counselor in Hawaii, which is like, what a gift. Gig, well, right? listen, they but, say that Kristen went and did that job after her senior year of high school. I was like, Kristen, after my senior year of high school, I was a short order cook. Right. One of us got to go to Hawaii. One of us had to go in a 900 degree kitchen all summer. Uh, right. And that's all fine. Okay. <laughs> my question for Rachel is uh-huh. the following. Okay. They were responsible for the youngest kids at the sleepaway camp. And uh-huh. Rachel says, we have the youngest kids. Some of them were six and seven years old who had never been away from their family before for even a night. So we got to deal with the homesick campers. And we had a dance every week. And the kids all wanted to dance with Kristen because she was always kind of dancing and having fun. And Rachel's like, oh, LOL. We got to deal with the kids with the homesickness. And I I'm know. like, I, wait, <laughs> wait, wait, a sleepaway camp for six and seven years? I didn't know that was an option. I think Rachel might be misremembering The this. age of the kids. A sleepaway camp for kids that young a seems A six-year-old? Into- like, go to Hawaii? for two weeks? No, 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 no. it's reversed. The kid stays home and the parents go to Hawaii for two weeks. Am I wrong? Daisy's eight. There is no way I would send her to sleepaway camp. That sounds crazy. We did parent our children differently in the 90s, I will Uh say. But, like, to send your kids for sleepaway camp for two weeks at six, that seems crazy. But part of me is like, well, if that's an option now, wait a minute. (laughs) No, it's still not going to happen. still not going to be a mommy. You said I could send it away all the time, though. Yeah, for, wait, starting at how young? And for how long? Can we do, can it be like six months? You are correct, though. Like, the kids going to Hawaii and this parent staying in Ohio, that seems wrong. Or maybe the parents are at the chateau. Right. You know, like, who knows where? (laughs) Because Hawaii is notoriously very expensive. Yes. So I can't imagine the, anyway, I'm very, maybe six, maybe she misremembered the age, but I stopped in my six and seven. (laughs) Also, like, I remember going to sleepaway camp when I was, like, ten, and, like, homesickness was not a thing. Or maybe yeah. the parents are in Hawaii also just not at the camp. The white lotus of it all. The white, remember <laughs> white lotus Steve's on? Oh my god. There's one thing I remember especially about the white I'm, lotus. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. I follow that boy on Twitter now. <laughs> With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. 
Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. So after that summer, Kristen goes back to California and enrolls in college. She goes to Cal Poly. But I remember the joy that she had when we dropped her off at school, how excited she was to have a roommate, how excited she was for college life. It was still hard for her little brother to say goodbye. And it's like, so we just leave her here? It's a lot of trust that you're putting in that. Wait, we just leave her here? When like, he said it like that, I'm like, wait, it is kind of bizarre. But did no one explain to Matt what college is? Like, you take them there and then they don't come home because they're they're adults now. Right. But I was 17 my first couple that months That you were college. in college. Uh-huh. It is weird to be like, bye. <laughs> right. But I'm like, they've got meal plans. They're provided for. Sure. As long as you paid your room and board bill, like, you got a place to sleep. There was something where I was there like. There comes a time when you got to move out, Jillian. 1,000%. But it's like a bunch of kids I know, are just that not. That is like, true. He said yeah. it like that. I was like, Matt's not 100% wrong. <laughs> right. it is I'm not trying to thing. give Matt shit. You're right. But like, yes, she's not coming back with you. She's in college right. now. Right. But it was also a very sweet way of being like, oh, I love my sister. I, I don't know. want her to go. You I know. know. It was very I cute. Know. So she gets to college and she goes through what they describe a time of reinvention. She started going by other names like Roxy or Kiana. And amid the uniform blondness of Cal Poly, she dyed her hair brown. I gotta say, the Roxy thing was, like, a big thing. I remember, like, at the exact same time, 1996, yeah. my younger sister was also going by Roxy. Really? I don't know why. At Chicago, the movie didn't I even come out yet. It was just on Broadway. <laughs> she was, like, obsessed with people calling her Roxy. Interesting. Roxy was, like, a big name at that point. I don't know why. It's a cute name. I it's like a the very name, Roxy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> she dyed her hair brown. Yes. You know? Everyone's blonde. She's in California. She dyed her hair brown. Someone said the uniform blondness of I Cal know. Poly. I'm like, I wow. Know. I gotta say, too, I remember the moment when I was in college where I'd been Pat my whole life. Yeah. Pat Hines. That's so great. I know. In my, in my freshman year of college, I met my roommate and he introduced himself as Peter and I stuck in my hand and I said, hi, I'm Pat. Trick. <gasps> I'm Patrick now. I became Patrick in that moment. And you moment. like stood in that I... Peter Pan stance. <laughs> I'm Patrick. And that's, and she, here she is, boys. Here she is, world. <laughs> I love being Patrick. I hated being Pat. My family still calls me Pat. Can you guys imagine? No. True Crime Obsessed with Jillian Pensavalli and Pat Hines. No. And Pat at Hines. Ba -da -da. Not, no. Oh, even saying Maybe it like that. Maybe the song wouldn't even have no. been a thing if you were a Pat. <laughs> Pat. Oh, oh, I hate it so much. Wow. So pretty quickly, Kristen's kind of like, my brother Matt was onto something. Yeah. I'm not really sure I want to be here. <laughs> right. She wasn't too psyched. And so she asked her yeah. parents if she can come home and go to school more locally. And they yeah. said, finish the year. And then if you want to change and come home, you can. And so she stuck it out. And when Memorial Day weekend 1996 arrived near the end of that freshman year, it was time to celebrate. Kristen headed to an off-campus party. It was the last evening she'd be seen alive. I'm sure the parents probably beat themselves up about that for some time, but that's exactly what I would say to Daisy. That's what I would hope anybody would say to anybody. That's what, like, any child psychologist or any, like, family therapist, that's what you say. Like, just yeah. hold on. And I don't know when she was saying that a couple weeks. Like, of course right. the first couple weeks are going to be a little of rough. Of course. You know? So it's just, it's hard. It's I just, hard. Like, when Daisy moves out, I want her to always feel like she has a home she can come back to. But, like, not right away. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Daddies are turning that into a sewing room. Right. Daisy. Sewing room. Who's <laughs> sewing? Can you imagine? Which I almost 
almost said gym, but even that was less believable. Come on. It's a bar. It's, it's a straight up a cocktail. Thank you. I don't know why you're like <laughs> keeping things from me. I don't know. I don't know what that's Dad, all about. Dad, can you turn down the It's Raining Man? No. I'm thinking about coming home for the weekend. Nope. Absolutely not. <laughs> this is our house now. You dance your Dad, face off. Are those go-go boys in my room? Yes, there are. <laughs> yep, that's it. Love it or leave it, kid. Exactly. She wants to come home. Her parents say no. I think they made what should have been the right choice. I, yeah, we don't know the conversations they had. They are yeah. caring, loving parents. I'm sure they came to this decision together because suddenly it's the end of freshman year. Yeah, it's Memorial Day weekend, 1996, and Kristen goes to a party. And the party's off campus, remember? The party is off campus. And, like, we'll get more on that party in a minute. But, like, when she doesn't come home, her dorm mates figure it out really quickly and they call the campus cops. And somehow they don't tell us how the family and friends, like friend Rachel somehow knows that Kristen is missing? Yeah, well, first of all, you know how the roommates discovered something bad happened. How? I did ask, did she have her credit cards and her makeup? Because Kristen always had that stuff with her no matter where she was. And on the bed in her dorm room, Kristen's roommate found her purse, makeup, and keys. When I found that out, I was like, okay, something happened to her because she wouldn't be anywhere without that. Something's wrong. And we never find out how that stuff got back to her room. Yeah. Because we know that she went to the party, and then we know that she doesn't make it back to her room, but some, like maybe she didn't take her stuff with her when she She makes left. it like close enough to her room? Yeah. Well, I have. I might have a theory. Okay. So when the family finds out that Kristen is missing- Two days later. Two days later, her dad doesn't wait. He gets in his car and drives the 250 miles to San Luis Obispo. He's got to get there. Like, he's very much me. A hundred thousand percent. Yeah. So Megan Healy's here, and she's been covering the case on the local news. Yeah. And she's like, look. He said he was going into dumpsters. Reporter Megan Healy has covered the case for NBC affiliate KSBY in San Luis Obispo. He looked at every nook and cranny for her, just desperate to try and find her. That went from zero to dumpsters very fast. I mean, I guess it's it's two days missing. Uh-huh. They're frantic because the cops did not share this urgency. No, The cops yeah. were like, maybe she's camping. She'll be <laughs> right. home. And the dad's like, he's thinking the worst. Also, it's the campus cops. And I'm like, can someone call the real cops? No one's giving a shit at all. It's no. Days are going by. Now it's day three. And they're like, maybe we should ask some questions. And I want to say the dad goes zero to dumpster very fast. But I got to say, like, based on what I do for a living, I came home last week and I could tell from down the hallway that the door to our apartment was open. Yes. I was like, don't touch anything. This is a crime scene. Yes. <laughs> they're dead in there. So three days passed before the campus police begin investigating and they're talking to the students who had seen her last and the cops learn about this off-campus party. Through Trevor. Okay. So fucking Trevor Boulder is here. I got a lot to say about Trevor. Trevor Boulder was a sophomore at Cal Poly back in 1996. He told police he was at the party. The night of the party, it was a very low-key kind of boring event what was going on uh music people were playing pool and a whole lot of nothing i mean really it was not a wildly populated party trevor's a party goer trevor (laughs) wants us to know that it was a real shitty party he goes it was a real boring event What do you think Trevor does for a living now? Something in tech. Totally. IT. Yeah. I also don't know how much of his story I believe, if I'm being honest. Well, because he really (laughs) wants you to believe it. So he emotes a lot in this. Yes, and and he makes himself the center of the story about this girl who's been missing for 25 years. So as the story goes, he's telling this to Josh Mankiewicz. This is when Josh gives a lot of good reactions, (laughs) like silent reactions. Because Trevor is like... This very tall, very attractive girl wearing shorts and a t-shirt walks up to me and says, hi, I'm Roxy, okay? And I go, hi. 
and then he pauses and he goes, okay. <laughs> like, he really wants us to follow along. So he adds, okay, Josh. Uh-huh, and Josh uh-huh. is like, I'm Josh Mankiewicz. I'm following along, Trevor. Exactly, exactly. This is not about you, by the way. He says, she leans in and she kisses me, like full on kisses me. He didn't know it, but that was Kristen Smart, the newly minted adult, calling herself Roxy. You've never met her before. Never met her before in my life, okay? She grabs my hand and she takes me to the bathroom. Okay, so my head's spinning a little bit because, you know, I'm 20, and I'm like, okay, this beautiful girl has kissed me, and she's pulling me into the bathroom. What's going on here? He says full-on yes. kisses me. They've never met. He means with tongue. He right. wants us to know that this gorgeous girl is making out with him. Making out. And then, again, they've never met, so he's yeah. like, what? And then she, gra- according to Trevor. According to Trevor. He's telling this to Josh, who probably doesn't believe him that much either. And also, I just want to say, he's credited as someone who told the police he was at the party. Oh. Daylight is not saying Trevor, whatever his name is, who was definitely who was there. This is Trevor, there. who told the cops he was at the party. But Trevor also has valuable information later, so I kind of need him to be at the party. I, <laughs> I need him to be there. We also see a picture of Trevor from back in the day, nerd for Jesus. I would have been totally into him. Yeah. But, like, I can understand why none of his friends from home believe this girl ever kissed him. Right. And now it's on the record with Dateline. Oh, yeah. So, and if that was, now, I know. Chad. But it's also like if that was a lie that he made up back in the day, now he's going to really stick to it. Yeah. You and, know? And he is. And he To does. Josh Mankiewicz's face. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Girl, Wild Grain is a sponsor this week. I know you are very excited to talk about it. I'm gonna shut the I'm gonna shut the hell up. I've been dying to talk about this. So Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Let me tell you, we had the croissant, we had the sourdough baguette, we had the sourdough loaf. Each item, you bake it right from frozen in 25 minutes or less. There's no thawing required. What is like the word for foodie for people who just like bread? Because that is Steve. Steve is a bready. When we got our wild grain box, Steve tore, actually Golden tore it open. He was like, Golden smelled the bread, tore the mm-hmm. thing open. We popped the baguette right in. The, I'm a baguette and yeah. I we devoured that baguette in 30 seconds. And you've been dying to talk about this for a week. Like, you, this is the real deal, fam. Jillian's like, signed up for this for life. Yeah, Mike may, I'm not kidding, my hand, to, I swear. Yesterday, <laughs> Mike was just like, I'm a little hungry. Like, a snack he wanted was the yeah. last sourdough baguette we had. And I'm like, we have to order more because uh-huh. I don't know how we're going to survive without it. So fam, you can fully custom your wild grain box so you can get any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries you like. If you want a box full of bread, all pasta, all pastries, you can have it. That's right. And plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCO to start your subscription. You heard her. Free croissants yeah. in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCO. That's wildgrain.com slash TCO or you can use promo code TCO at checkout. So this beautiful girl walks that they've never met, total stranger, starts making out with him. Then she grabs his hand and leads him to the bathroom. What? I don't believe it. This is not a thing that people do. I just don't believe it. And then, especially, because then the minute they're in the bathroom, the mood totally changes. Uh According to Trevor, she's looking in the mirror, she's doing her makeup, and she just keeps asking, do you think I'm ugly? Do you think I'm ugly? And he's like, girl, no, you're gorgeous. You are way out of my league. Yeah, is this a dream? And then she kicks him right out of the bathroom. She yeah. kicks him out. And then Trevor is suddenly being screamed at by another person he's never met. Some guy. What'd you do in the bathroom with her? And Trevor Trevor tells Josh Mankiewicz and us. I was like, oh, God, is that her boyfriend? I'm like, what if I got myself into, you know, I'm like, I, like my head's spinning. And I go, nothing, man. Absolutely nothing. And then he goes, oh, laughs. He goes, oh, cool. And I was like, oh, you're some dorky kid. Then he calls the guy a dork. What? 
And he's like, and that was that. And I went I back know. to my friends, but I still kept an eye on Roxy. So you're telling me this gorgeous girl comes up to you, starts making out, drags you into the bathroom, starts asking if she's pretty, no. kicks her out. I know. And then just like doesn't talk to you for the rest of the night. And also you're like, I'm such a good guy. I kept an eye on her because she seemed like she was kind of fucked up. How'd that wind up, Trevor? When'd you drop the ball, girl? Right, because then cut to Kristen being totally hammered yes. and passed out outside on the lawn of the house. Now, what no one is saying here is that it sounds to me like she was drugged. 100%. Because Trevor is like, I didn't see her drink anything, but she sounds like she was on something. No one ever says, Kristen, it looked like she was slipped some sort of roofie. Right. Because she is face fucking down on the front yard. Right. She does not seem to me like, look, I've been face down in the front yard a handful of times. Uh I'm not judging anybody for whom that is true, but Kristen doesn't seem like that's what she would be doing at this party. Right. And she was so hammered or fucked up or whatever that people were offering to walk her home. So at one point, a young woman and a freshman boy say like, let me walk you home because the freshman boy is like, oh, I know who she is. I live right near her. Right. And he assured this woman that he would get Kristen the rest of the way home. They get basically back to the dorm and he's like, my dorm is right there. Hers is right there. I'm going to get her home. Don't worry about it. And the young woman says, okay. They're like feet away. Apparently like right at her, the front door of her dorm. And it's like, okay, bye. And in her mind, she said, you know, to herself that she didn't think anything bad was going to happen. They split off here, just a few steps to Kristen's dorm. She apparently never arrived there. So now investigators had a whole lot of questions for that last person to see Kristen Smart alive. We get the sense that the young woman and the young man who were walking her home don't know each other. other. How do you feel about this decision? I feel like she was probably drunk, too. Uh I feel like I don't know what else the boy said to her to convince her. Maybe it's like, oh, I'm her boyfriend. Oh, I'm this. I don't know. It's only through stories like this that we know never to let this happen, no matter how normal the guy seems. But then, like, when it comes down to it, the guy's the bad guy. Right, of course. Yeah, I'm not blaming this young woman, but it is just like, oh, man. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, bad, 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 bad. So, like, this young girl walks away, and this young guy, who we're going to learn is Paul Flores is left alone with Kristen Smart and no one ever sees her again. Exactly. Like, on the doorsteps of her dorm. That's it. She was so close to being home. And I'm like, Cal Poly, you're a fucking technical school. Where are the fucking cameras? In 1996? I mean, were cameras not a thing? Maybe not security cameras for dorms. I don't know. Uh, Where are the fucking cameras, everybody? And can they work? I (laughs) Can you be recording? Can we have an archive of the stuff that was recorded, please? So again, we learned this kid's name is Paul Flores. He's the last person to see her alive. And now we meet the sheriff, Ian Parkinson. Yeah. He was a local cop at the time that Kristen went missing, but now, like 25 years later, he's the sheriff. They say, like, we learned that Paul was the last person to see her alive. Obviously, he's like a major person of interest. Yeah, so he's a fresh He's majoring in food science. And Paul apparently was the guy who yelled at Trevor at the party exactly. saying, what, what, what'd you do with her in the bathroom? And let me just say this. People come out of the woodwork to describe Paul. Those who knew him described Paul as awkward, a loner. He was a freshman majoring in food science. And he was at the party Friday night. Be nice to people because the people you're fucking mean to will talk to the documentary. Oh, always. They will talk to the documentary. And everyone hates Paul. Remember the guy Trevor had seen while exiting the bathroom? The one he assumed was Kristen's boyfriend? And when I finally saw a picture of Paul Flores, that was the guy who came up to me outside of the bathroom with this, like, sense of ownership over Kristen. So I know that for a fact. 
Trevor wants us to know that Paul had a real sense of ownership over Kristen. And that's why he was yelling at Trevor. Like, what'd you do? Like, she's mine or I'm with her or whatever Paul was inventing. I know. know. So the cops talk to Paul. They notice he has one a black eye, and yes. two, scratches on his hands and knees. Yeah, so put a pin in that. We'll get back to that in a second, because now we got to meet podcaster Chris Lambert. Chris Lambert, local guy Chris Lambert. Chris was a recording engineer. He'd never investigated any crime, and he wasn't a friend of the Smart family. Even so, Chris felt a personal connection to the case. It happened in my own backyard, which is why I named the podcast Your Own Backyard. So Chris Lambert makes a podcast called Your Own Backyard, yeah. which is the reason we're here. Yep. Dateline is covering this case because of all the shit that Chris uncovered. Chris is not a podcaster. He was like an audio guy who really cared about this case because it happened in his own backyard. That's why he named the podcast My Own Backyard. I was in communication with him when this podcast was yeah. happening because I just was like, I was reaching out being like, you're new here and your show is doing really great. Like, what can we do? How can yeah. we help? And yeah, yeah. He just did the Lord's work. And yeah. Chris Lambert is like the living example of what podcasts can be. He did not make a podcast to get rich and famous. He made a podcast to fucking solve a murder and he did it. And he also had never investigated anything no. before. He had no experience never investigating a crimes before. and like, never did like and then he did two things. Yeah. I'm really so well. proud of him. Like it is it really yeah, Chris, is you're like amazing. it it's so fucking cool. And when you're like a podcaster, this is the dream. You do something good and then it solves a case. You get on TV. Yeah, bada big bada boom, you're sitting Chris, there you with did Josh it. Mankiewicz. Exactly. Changing <laughs> the world. So Chris has a lot of great information. So yeah. because a lot of people reached out to Chris too and say wait a second like I have things to say about this and let me just remind you when you're a fucking asshole to people they will always take the podcaster's call every fucking every time. time or call the podcaster themselves exactly. everybody hated Paul <laughs> if I knew this guy I would be on the phone with anyone who'd have me I mean this guy is the literal definition of the guy you always need to know where he is in the a bar thousand percent. Oh, like he's like embodies it 100% right and also he's just one of those guys he's just a liar and a piece of shit while talking with Paul Flores investigators noticed something he has a black eye, and he's got scratches on his hands and knees. What does Paul say about the black eye? I don't know. He has a few different explanations, actually. That's what Chris says. Chris like, well, it depends on when you ask him, right. which is kind of amazing. First, Paul Flores says that he got elbowed during a game of basketball that took place on that Monday. Then the police interview the people he was playing basketball with, and they say that he arrived to that game with that black eye. And he told all of them that he just woke up with it and didn't know how he got it. And they're like, that bitch showed up with that black eye. Nobody uh, nobody elbowed that bitch in the eye. Right. We'd like to. Right. We hate him. <laughs> Are you talking about that food science yeah, guy that barges into our basketball game sometimes? Food science is great, unless you're Paul Flores. Totally. <laughs> but he tells the basketball guys, oh, I woke up with this black eye and I have no idea where I got it. Are we at the preppy murders again? Men, Come on. when your fucking male friends tell you they woke up with the black eye and the scratches all over ask their faces. Ask a follow-up. Ask a fucking follow-up. Men. One follow-up. God damn, be better. Okay, you woke up with a black eye and scratches on your face. Yeah, that's what happens when people are the worst because no one wants to even deal with them or interact with them in any way. Uh-huh. <laughs> like They're yeah. just like, I don't even want to talk to him. Fuck totally. that guy. I'm, gl- I'm happy as a black guy. And like, guy. these guys were always pissed when Paul showed up to play back. Oh, God, fucking weirdos uh, back. We got a lot of play with those again. <laughs> is he, what does he, travel a lot or yeah. whatever? Is that a basketball word? Absolutely. A double dribble? Did he do a double dribble? Look at you. <laughs> Reggie Miller, are you still listening? Are you proud? <laughs> He did a double drip. Look at him. That's a bad thing. Oh. 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 <laughs> traveling a double dri- No, traveling's a bad thing. A double dribble sounds hard. That's bad? Yes. Okay. I don't know if it's foul worthy, but okay. it's bad. You can't do that. Okay. Well, now I know. Because when you, when you stop, you have to shoot. Aha. Uh-huh. So a double dribble <laughs> is when you're dribbling and then uh-huh. you stop. And then when you're there, you either got to pass or shoot. You can't just start dribbling again. Oh, that's, that's a double the dribble. double dribble. Yeah. Oh, God. Bad moves, Paul. Okay. Paul probably did that up and down the court. <laughs> 
No use for him. Girl, Wild Grain is the sponsor this week. I know you are very excited to talk about it. I'm gonna shut the I'm gonna shut the hell up. I've been dying to talk about this. So Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Let me tell you, we had the croissant, we had the sourdough baguette, we had the sourdough loaf. Each item you bake it right from frozen in 25 minutes or less. There's no thawing required. What is like the word for foodie for people who just like bread? Because that is Steve. Steve is a bready. When we got our wild grain box Steve tore actually Golden tore it open he was like Golden smelled the bread tore the mm-hmm. thing open we popped the baguette right in the, I'm a baguette and yeah. I we devoured that baguette in 30 seconds and you've been dying to talk about this for a week like you, this is the real deal fam Jillian's like signed up for this for life yeah Mike may I'm not kidding my hand to, I swear yesterday Mike was just like I'm a little hungry like a snack he wanted was the yeah. last sourdough baguette we had and I'm like we have to order more because I don't know how we're going to survive without it so fam you can fully custom your wild grain box so you can get any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries you like. If you want a box full of bread, all pasta, all pastries, you can have it. That's right. And plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCO to start your subscription. You heard her. Free croissants yeah. in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCO. That's wildgrain.com slash TCO or you can use promo code TCO at checkout. So, at this point, the cops are like, this guy is shady as fucking hell. And they enlist the help of the district attorney's office. And they bring him in for an interrogation. And we get to see it, which is my favorite thing. Right. And now he has a different story about the black guy. Right. Uh, when he talks to the DA, he tells them he got the black guy by working on his truck. Paul, please. I know. And my favorite thing, I love when cops do this. They're like, you totally didn't do this. I know you're not responsible uh-huh. for what happened. But, like, if you had to guess what Yeah. Happened, what do you think happened? You think? And, like, Paul takes the bait because he's such a fucking idiot. He's like, well... Oh, thanks so much for asking. Yeah. I am a genius. Totally. Um, I would say, like, someone who she hitchhiked with or something abducted or something, you know? Investigators weren't buying that. Paul, they've talked to everybody at the party. Everybody knows she was fucking blacked out, face down in the front yard. And now you're you're giving a hitchhiking story. Right. And, like, what's also more infuriating is that this is the last time he sat down with investigators. Uh-huh. He tells this bullshit story, story number three about the black guy that makes no sense. That is yeah. also him so obviously lying. And that's it. Now, here's the thing. It is fine to lawyer up and not talk to investigators if you didn't do it. You know what I mean? And you should lawyer up. All, all, the first always. word yes. out of your mouth should be lawyer. lawyer. And then you keep your mouth shut. Yes. Always. Yes. But, like, the really, the reason he doesn't talk to the cops again is because the cops fucked this whole thing up. Yeah. It's the cops' fault. They did. Yeah. And Josh will tell you. Josh Mays. <laughs> uh. So the sheriff's department finally gets around to searching the dorms. And remember, it was Memorial Day weekend when this party happened. It was yeah. the last weekend. So what happens is everyone went home for the summer, and the dorms were all cleaned out. They don't go and try to search the rooms until four fucking weeks later. Yeah. These rooms are cleaned top to bottom. And the sheriff is here to say, like, we lost valuable evidence. They're totally sanitized. They're reset yeah. for the, if they have summer sessions or whatever. Like, everything is gone. But Chris, the podcaster, says... Four cadaver dogs alerted to the scent of human decomposition in Paul Flores' bedroom and only Paul Flores' bedroom out of all the dorms on campus. Come on. I mean, we know he did it. And, yeah. like, the cops know he did it. And the problem is, for 25 fucking years, they can't prove it because it took too long for them to get started because yeah. they thought she was camping with her girlfriend. Exactly. It's infuriating. Yeah. And speaking of infuriating, yeah. Paul's parents are here on the scene. <laughs> Ruben and Gloria, what the fuck is her name? I think Susan. She's a Gloria if ever there was one. Which is like, if you're a Gloria, great, great. But this Gloria, we don't like. <laughs> so they search the home of Ruben Flores, who's Paul's father. Yeah. And the first thing they find is newspaper clipping of the case. 
they found newspaper clippings about this case, and they said, well, we were just saving those because it was a girl he went to school with. Suspicious, maybe, but nothing close to tying Paul to any crime. No, listen, it's another thing that makes them look super guilty. And the parents are like, oh, that was a girl that he went to school with. We thought it was interesting. We kept like, it's just a lie. And it's just more evidence that they're involved. But the cops can't do anything about it. And it's also plausible deniability. Is it weird? But yeah. is it like, if they were really close, maybe you would keep that story to keep track because it's a mystery and you right. care about this person, yeah. you know? But there's no evidence whatsoever tying Paul to the crime. And meanwhile, the Smart family is working tirelessly to find Kristen, searching constantly... Can I just interrupt to say sure. one thing? Of course. What you said is exactly what they said, and it's true. Yeah. There is no evidence, but there was. Of course. You know what I mean? Right. This is a case of, like, they didn't get there in time to get the evidence because they didn't start looking They don't early have enough. the evidence because they didn't get the evidence. Exactly. You know what I like, mean? We all know the evidence existed. Sure. They just didn't get it. Exactly. So, which, even for Dateline to say there's no evidence tying him to the crime. No, 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 there is. Right, they right, just right. didn't get it. There was. There was. Past set. Like, yeah. at this moment, four weeks later, yes. there's no evidence because right. they slept on it. And we know that that evidence was there. You, you know, know Josh I mean? fought for that. Josh fought for that in the script. He was overruled. You got to pick your battles. He will respond yeah. with his face. No, those podcasters are going to cover this. The gay one's not going to let that one slide. Josh, we got you. He's going to come for us on it. We got your back, Josh. <laughs> we know you would never. We know you would never. We totally trust you. So Kristen has been missing for a year. So about a year into the investigation, it seems that the sheriff's office is hitting some roadblocks. And the then sheriff at the time, Ed Williams, gives a statement to the Tribune newspaper about the state of the investigation. And if Paul doesn't talk to them and doesn't give them answers from that night, then they're not going to have any luck with this case. Who the fuck is it? This is not the good sheriff that we have now. This is like the sheriff at the time in the 90s. And it's like, who the fuck says to... To our prime suspect. Right. We've got nothing on you. Keep living your life, if, asshole. If you ever decide you want to come in and admit to this murder, we're open for business. Yeah, but at 501, we're done for the day. <laughs> like, who does that? What? I was like, It doesn't what? make any sense to me. And to just say it, like, outright. I, I had to rewind it two I know. times. I was like, did he say, are the captions wrong? Like, what's going because on? They tell us that they held a press conference to say to Paul Flores, we don't have anything. What you could have said was nothing. Right. At the very least, you could have said nothing. I mean, it's just like, they hold a press conference to tell them that they have nothing. It, it makes no sense. And Paul is living his life, working at Blockbuster, working at restaurants, <laughs> and the smart family... Excuse you! He, was a, he worked at a Coca-Cola bottling factory, to which I said, is this Laverne and Shirley? What year is this? <laughs> is that not fully automated at this point? We still have people bottling the Coke? In 96? I don't know. I'm glad. I give the jobs to the people. Yeah. But that just surprised me. Blockbuster video. Wow, what a difference. Remember? Do I remember? Remember. Blockbuster, oh my right? god. Wow, what a difference. So the Smart family, of course, is over it. Yeah. And they're like, you know what, Sheriff, you're not doing it. We're going to do it because these poor people can't sleep or rest. So they sue Paul Flores. Yeah. And this is, turns out to be a very smart idea. So we meet their attorney, Jim Murphy, and I kind of fucking love this guy because they decide to bring a civil suit so that he can depose the Flores family. It's a wrongful death suit, right? Yeah. yeah. So Paul and his family are deposed. Paul is Fifth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, Which, Fifth Amendment. Why is this allowed? It makes me crazy. And like, I, I guess we learn that he takes the Fifth because anything that he says in this deposition could be used against him in a criminal case like down the road right. watching him take the fifth amendment is so infuriating until the lawyer says i didn't expect any answers i want him to look into my face because i'm the guy who keeps telling everybody that you're never going to get away with it paul you're never going to get away with so, this. So, like, that's cool that it wasn't about answers. It was about intimidation, which yeah. I kind of love. And it 
was getting them all to talk, like Susan, yeah. his mother. Oh my God, you guys. Real piece of work, this one. Real. She wouldn't last a minute. No. She uh, comes to this deposition with a water bottle full of vodka. You cannot tell me that that's not some smearing off. I mean, uh. Have you ever asked your son questions about whether or not he was involved in the death of Kristen Smart? We've never discussed it as a death. Disappearance. Well, we never discussed it as a death. It was always a disappearance. It was a smart answer, but it makes me crazy. I didn't like her tone. (laughs) Because then the lawyer, Jim's like, all right, I'm asking you. And you get the sense that we're, this is like the eighth time he's asked her this question. Somebody says she seems less than fully cooperative. (laughs) So Jim's like, I'm asking you, who was your attorney? Now, Sue's about to take a sip of water mid-question and stops. And she goes, and I'd prefer not to let you know. I'm asking you, who is your attorney? I prefer not to let you know. You can't even say the name of your lawyer? It just means she doesn't have one. You know what I mean? Like, that's an insane thing to be like, I'm just not going to tell you the name of my... It's so petty. Then who petty. coached her? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this isn't the first time they've been like brought up on murder charges. I guess. But yeah. Josh is like, Jillian, enough about Sue, because it's all about Ruben, the oh, father, God. right? Yes. So he's asked... Has your son ever told you that he did not... Kill Kristen Smart. We never asked that question. Ruben takes a long pause. It's all in the pause. It's all in the pause, which of course they fucking have. It's an outright lie. The attorney comes right back and says, if that had happened in front of a jury, that pregnant pause would have been viewed as evidence of involvement. Yes. Like, he was so caught off guard because he doesn't want to lie under oath. And he's like, how do I say this? Uh How do I answer this in a way Uh that won't incriminate me? Exactly. So the investigators are like, all right, we know what happened. Ruben helped Paul hide Kristen's body after he killed her. He needed a car his dad had one and that's the Ruben connection according to the investigators and here's my question about the planet earth why (laughs) why is nobody ever paying attention what they're saying is that the dad came to the dorm and helped Paul smuggle a body out of his fucking dorm room yeah I believe that that is what happened yeah how did nobody see that I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. Because you think you could say, oh, in the middle of the night, it's a college campus. It's it's the end of the year. Kids are out all night. And I mean no disrespect to Kristen, but how long can you have a body in your dorm room before it starts to smell? That's got to be pretty quick. It's got to be immediate. You know? You have to remove the body immediately. Like, we are talking about going down several flights of stairs with a fucking body wrapped in a carpet or something? college dorms, like, everyone is always in the hallway. I like, know. Like, did he not have oh, roommates? I know. Like, how did this not, unless he took her somewhere, unless, right. unless but then the, there was the dog's hit that there was in her room like the body had to have been in there although I don't always trust the dogs yeah but they hit on something in his room exactly. in every other room on campus yeah Right. I mean, what I'm really saying is that, like, I'm disappointed in America because, like, Humanity. a body was smuggled out of a room and nobody saw. Nobody noticed. And so, yeah. God. The depositions provided a lot to interpret, but not hard evidence to move the case forward. Jim Murphy would eventually withdraw the lawsuit while his team gathered more evidence. So it's yeah. great that we have the deposition, but he's like, you know what? I'm going to shift gears. I do love that they just hired this guy to yell at Paul Flores. Like, that was, to, the, that yeah, was the to point. Get the, to get them on camera being yeah. like, I don't know. I know. <laughs> like, we never asked. Just to get that one video of the mother, Gloria, or whatever the About hell her name is. Susan. I don't know where you're going to I just going right to Gloria for some reason. Who, what Gloria hurt you? Nobody. Who is she? I love Gloria's. I just, like, she, just no fun at a party, About that to one. take a sip. Yeah. You know she loves an apple martini. Loves. Which is, like, 
fine, but don't be garbage about it. It's all very simple. In 2002, the Smarts made a wrenching decision. They wanted to ensure Kristen's case was a murder investigation. And so they had her officially declared dead. That didn't seem to work either. So in 2002, the Smarts make the gut-wrenching decision to have Kristen officially declared dead. But even with that, the investigation fizzles. And meanwhile, Paul's parents buy him this nice new apartment in L.A. He's drinking, partying, getting DUIs. Yeah. There are police reports about Paul, quote, struggling with a woman. He's like cruising the bars in his fucking neighborhood. He moved to Southern California to get as far away from this as possible. And it's just like, these parents know, like, I'm sorry, I'm a parent. If I knew that Daisy killed somebody, I, know. I would turn her you in. You say this every time. I would never stop loving her. I would visit her every, I would move to the town that she was in prison. <sighs> but like, I would fucking turn her in. Who does this? Yeah. Would you? Really? If you killed somebody, I would turn you in. Oh, I wouldn't tell on you. <laughs> I would hope that you would. Like, come on. You know no, what I mean? No, I know. All jokes aside, of course. Like, uh, you know. The yes. other thing is, like, this ruins everybody's life. Paul Flores isn't having a happy life. His parents aren't having a happy life. Like, this ruined everybody's life. Yeah. Well, I'm glad his life is ruined. Exactly. That's the silver lining here. So remember Ian? The sheriff. Yeah. So he, at this point in 2002, he ran for sheriff. And mm-hmm. he promises to get to the bottom of this case within his first year. That didn't happen. His first year or his second year or years following. Yeah, but this is when the podcaster gets involved. Let the podcasters do the work. <laughs> I'm retracing missing Cal Poly student Kristen Smart's last known steps. Chris launched his podcast in 2019. Through his research, hard work, and a calm, unhurried voice, a lot of people around here either learned about or remembered the story of the girl on the billboard. And the story of the man suspected of taking her away. I love that the sheriff couldn't figure it out, but the podcaster did. I know. Podcasting is powerful. I know. It really is. It's really powerful. So, like, just for the timeline of it, in 2002, Ian becomes sheriff and makes all these promises. I'm sure he tried, but, like, it's not happening. By 2019, the podcast Your Own Backyard starts. And so now the Kristen Smart case is back in the public eye more than it ever was. I mean, in such a big way. Your Own Backyard was huge for, like, a year. And, like, for 17 years, Sheriff Ian was like, I promise this. This is the uh-huh. year, and then Chris Lambert comes along with his podcast. Because it's crowdsourcing. Yes. People knew shit. You know what I mean? How many people contacted you and said, I have some personal knowledge of this case? I think hundreds, if not thousands by this point. And so Chris included stories in his podcast of people who'd crossed paths or swords with Paul Flores. And all of it was just dirt on Paul. (laughs) Again, everybody hates Paul, and that's great. And the stories we hear are horrifying. I mean, we get this one story that, like, Paul was swimming in a pool with a bunch of other kids, and he fights with some girl, and then he's holding this girl underwater trying to fucking drown her. Yeah, fun stories like that is what Chris was hearing. I'm just saying that, like, if I was the parent that pulled Paul off of my daughter, I would be in prison because he would be dead. He'd be dead. And his nickname was Scary Paul. (laughs) Come on. Which also, we could do better than that. Pervy Paul, come on. but he was scary. And pervy. And pervy. <laughs> he was a total creep. And again, like you said, no one wanted to be alone with him. And someone says, you didn't want your friends getting drunk around No. Him. An ex-girlfriend of Paul's told Chris about an incident that happened after Paul had been drinking. And he had like a butter knife and he like held it to my neck and I was screaming. And my roommate actually kicked down the door to make him stop. 
and her roommates had to break the door down to uh, save her from him. Like over and over and over again, there are opportunities to fucking send this guy away. Right. You know he what hates I mean? Women so much, and Josh is like, he sees women as prey, and that's exactly right. And maybe it's just because I'm a parent now, but like, yeah. can we go back to the moment where you're holding the kid under fucking water? I know. I would have had him sent away so fast. <laughs> it's so scary. Like, how old were they? It could have been high school. It's all bad. Yeah. But I'm just In the curious. podcast, you hear that girl tell the story. How old were they? I don't remember, and she's fine now. But like, right, it right, was right. they were kids. They were they were terrifying. like you know probably ten or whatever. Terrifying. It's fucking terrifying. He's a monster. He's a monster. Girl, Wild Grain is the sponsor this week. I know you are very excited to talk about it. I'm gonna shut the I'm gonna shut the hell up. I've been dying to talk about this. So Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Let me tell you, we had the croissant, we had the sourdough baguette, we had the sourdough loaf. Each item you bake it right from frozen in 25 minutes or less. There's no thawing required. What is like the word for foodie for people who just like bread? Because that is Steve. Steve is a bready. When we got our wild grain box, Steve tore, actually Golden tore it open. He was like, Golden smelled the bread, tore the mm-hmm. thing open. We popped the baguette right in. The, I'm a baguette and yeah. I we devoured that baguette in 30 seconds. And you've been dying to talk about this for a week. Like, you, this is the real deal, fam. Jillian's like signed up for this for life. Yeah, Mike made, I'm not kidding, my hand, to, I swear. Yesterday, <laughs> Mike was just like, I'm a little hungry. Like, a snack he wanted was the yeah. last sourdough baguette we had. And I'm like, we have to order more because uh, I don't know how we're going to survive without it. So, fam, you can fully cut Customize your wild grain box so you can get any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries you like. If you want a box full of bread, all pasta, all pastries, you can have it. That's right. And plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCO to start your subscription. You heard her. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCO. That's wildgrain.com slash TCO. Or you can use promo code TCO at checkout. So we meet a woman who knew Paul in 2015, and her identity is concealed, but she's going by the name Sam. Yeah. It was late, Sam says, and she was tipsy and waiting for a ride when Flores approached her. He asked if he could take me home. Um, You know, like, I could take you home. It's, you know, it's fine. And um, he was very persistent. You'd never seen this guy before? No. Describe him. He was awkward, and he seemed um, meek. And, like, she's saying she kind of felt bad for him. Like, you know, he's offering her a ride. She didn't want to be weird. She's a little hungry, to be honest. Yeah. And they, like, go to a restaurant where they, like, have food. And, like, from the second she's with him, she can kind of tell that, like, ugh. She doesn't feel unsafe at first. But, like, she just is like, oh, I'm with this weird nerd. She just wants the night to be over. Like, she just wants to be home and, like, putting her moisturizer on. Who doesn't want to hit the Denny's for the Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity at 2 in the morning? Like, I want that right now. I think that's IHOP, Rudy Tootie. I'll take it wherever I could get it. I think Denny's does moons over my hammy. <laughs> Wait, did I tell you that at, at the IHOP, they won't give you the Rudy Tootie? You have you to say, say the whole thing. You have to say the Rudy Tootie fresh. If you try to short it to the Rudy Toots, yeah, you're not going to say Rudy Toots. <laughs> Rudy Tootie you're fresh getting... or bust. Yeah. That's it. No Rudy Toots for you. Sam is like, all she wants to do is go home, get her moisturizer on, her pajamas, uh-huh. whatever. So she she makes a point to say she stopped drinking at this point. She's yes. just drinking water. She's kind of just like killing time yes. until this is all over. Yep. But she agrees to go back to his place because she doesn't really know how to get out of it. Like, she, uh-huh. you can tell she's like a nice person and she's kind of like, all right, maybe she'll get another ride from there. Uh-huh. It's just sort of like she doesn't really know. And I thought, what in the world did you get yourself into? She says that on his couch, she tried to think of an exit strategy. 
it's very awkward. Um, I don't want to hurt his feelings, and I, I want to keep myself safe. So I don't want to upset him. What she's saying is, if I upset him, I might be unsafe. Right. So something clicked where it went from awkward and meek and yeah. feeling bad for him yep. to like negotiating with herself and trying to strategize yep. how to get out of this situation. And yes. And so like they get to his house and she describes it as like a hoarding nightmare. Yeah. She like opens the door and it's like floor to ceiling papers and newspapers. I'm like, oh God, how many of those are about the like, Kristen fucking smart I case? I know, I know. How terrifying would that be to like be in some boy's house that you don't want to be there and and then you see all these articles about like a murdered girl. And remember, it's 2015. Yeah. So like, I think you're absolutely right that it could be stories about her. That's so scary. And she's just like, she says, she's sitting there on the couch being like, what did you get yourself into? Like, right. how do I get out of this? And she's like, we're just talking. He's not being aggressive at uh-huh. all. He goes to get her some more water and she wants to leave. But she says like, she's like drinking the water and they're on the couch and they're just talking. And she's like, I don't know why, Josh. She's yeah. telling Josh Mankiewicz. She's yeah. like, he's not aggressive or anything. But I know that I wanted to leave, and I don't know why I didn't muster up the energy or voice I want to go, which... Because you would have had no trouble saying that. No, never. I'm very, um, I'm feisty. If I don't like something, you'll know. She goes, Josh, don't get it twisted. I'm feisty. That's what she says. She goes, I'm totally. feisty. If I don't like something, you'll know. And she's like, I just can't. Like, my body just won't get there. My energy won't get there. My brain won't get there. Yeah. And then she says, like, all of a sudden, they're in the bedroom having relations that she's, quote, not participating in. Right. I think that Josh Mankiewicz handles this all very delicately and very well. And he's saying, so, like, is he forcing himself on you? And she says, no, I'm just lying there not doing anything. She's just, like, feeling, like, not in her own body. And she says, I want this to be over. I want to go home. And she says, I don't know why, Josh. I never vocally said no Uh or stop. She goes, I couldn't. I don't know why. I just, I couldn't get it out there. And she says she passes out. She wakes up hours later feeling groggy. And then she goes home and tries to forget about it. But then a couple years later, your own backyard starts blowing up. Right. And so she hears about Paul Flores and all these stories. And she's like, oh, my God. Like, she looks it up. And she's like, that's that's the fucking creepy guy that took me to the Denny's for the Rudy Toots. And <laughs> then, like, took me back to his place. Right. And, and all course- I had was water, but I couldn't move my body. And, like, I had this horrible situation. So we'll get back to Sam in yeah. a minute. Yes. But Chris is getting all of this amazing information from the podcast. And he's sending it all to law enforcement. Right. And Josh says something where I went, er. He goes, search warrants were issued. I know what you're going to say. And in 2020, search warrants were served on four of the Flores family properties. Sheriff Ian Parkinson spoke with us before a gag order was imposed in the case. What he doesn't say is all four of them. Are there more than four properties? But also, how do they have four homes? Four homes. I only have one. At least four homes. Because I feel like Josh would say all four of their properties. Yes, totally. He didn't say all. No. (laughs) What does this mean? What has Ruben Flores done right in his life that he has four fucking houses? So I'm thinking... It's their house. Uh-huh. Josh's apartment. Well, we, they... they're not married anymore. They live in two separate homes. Okay, so that's one home, two homes. And then Paul's. That they bought for him. Yep, so that's three. And then some vacation home, probably. I mean, four homes. That's just crazy. It's a lot of property. It's a lot of... Well, it's also a lot of different places the body could be moved. Exactly. So they start searching the four properties. And yeah. they those searches start in 2020. And then they do another one in 2021. And by the time 2021 rolls around, they're digging. We've been seeing them use cadaver dogs as well as ground penetrating radar. Once again, no body was found. And when that search concluded, 
the normally camera-shy Reuben took KSBY reporter Megan Healy on a tour. The home where they were digging, they leave without saying anything to, like, the gathered press, which makes it seem like they didn't find anything. Mm. Put a bit in that. Suddenly, Ruben Flores, who never talks to anybody, is giving this reporter a tour of a the tour. property. And <laughs> Susan yeah. is on camera, too. And she's I know. like, we're unfairly targeted. And, you know, Paul's a victim, too. They took Paul's life away from him. To which I say, Susan, shut up. <laughs> shut up. My son's a victim, too. I yeah, know. if he didn't do it, then he would be a victim. But he did it. And you know he did. This is why, by the way, I would turn Daisy in. I love my daughter, but I'm getting back to my life. Like, they're in I said what, for the press? <laughs> for the podcast? For the interview. Yeah. yeah, for the content, for the press? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that, like, all of their lives ended the day that Kristen's dead. They all yeah. have spent all of their lives managing this crisis and for the evil of it all. And by the way, I don't remember, I think it was in the podcast, Kristen Smart's parents reached out to the Flores parents over and over and over again. Like, mother to mother, please, uh-huh. like, you know, bring some closure to this. The Floreses were horrible to the Smarts. Uh, mean, either mean. didn't respond or responded with, like, don't ever contact us again. Like, that kind of shit. That's guilty. It's guilty and it's cruel and it's they are cruel. evil fucking people. Yeah, they're not good people. No. Like, none of them. Really. <laughs> no. Like, they're bad people. Yes. So then because of the podcast and also Sheriff Parkinson's office has been consistently working on this case just like he promised. Yeah. And now 25 years after Kristen goes missing, Paul Flores is arrested and charged with her murder and Ruben, the father, is charged as an accessory. Now, I gotta tell you, for those of us who, like, I've known about this case before Chris Lambert's podcast, yeah. but I really followed it after the podcast. This was breaking news. I know, truly. This was, and like Chris Lambert could not put episodes together fast enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made two episodes when this happened. I'm like constantly refreshing my feed trying yeah. to get all the info. <sighs> this was a stunning moment when Paul Flores was finally arrested. Right. And the dad too, right? Yes, because they're yes. saying that Ruben, the father, helped him dispose of the body. Because what they're saying is when they did that dig on the property and they left as though they found nothing. The state revealed what that dig turned up from under the Flores deck. Staining in the dirt that tested positive for human blood. Suggesting that a body was kept there for a while. A body had been there, but was not there anymore. They wanted to do a DNA test, but they it, the blood was too degraded. They couldn't actually match it to a person. Right. But it's a good place to start. And what they're saying is that the evidence suggests that a body was kept there. Yes. And, and then, then that moved. body's not there yeah. anymore. It was crazy. Chris Lambert, during the podcast, when we knew this was going to happen, but before the arrest was made, he was like, if anyone sees the fucking Flores family driving around at two in the morning, maybe follow them. Yeah. Because they might be like taking a body and like moving it again. All eyes on the Flores family. I mean, like it was very much like watch them to see if they're moving. Moving totally. a body. It was this <gasps> the phenomenon of this podcast was crazy. Yeah. Oh my god! So then they it goes to court and the defense attorney is like grasping at all kinds of straws. He's like the Flores's attorney said the prosecution simply didn't have enough of a case, and if a murder had been committed, the defense says it could have been any number of other people, even Scott Peterson, a Cal Poly student when Kristen disappeared. He was later convicted of killing his wife Lacey. In 2004. If I have to see Scott Peterson's dumb face one more time in my life. Like, it's an interesting coincidence that Scott Peterson was at Cal Poly the same time that Kristen Smart was. There's no evidence they ever met. Scott Peterson didn't fucking No, do the this. judge throws it out immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the defense, again, another straw they try to get their mitts on. They want to subpoena Chris the podcaster, right, right. saying that he influenced witnesses. The judge was like, girl, please. Everyone went to Chris. Everyone exactly. called Chris. Totally. And so the trial is set for April 25th. 2024 
42, like right around the corner. Yeah. The other really sad thing that we've learned is that like there are potentially more victims, even if not like victims of murder, victims of his, of Paul Flores' sexual assaults. Because they're also charging Paul with attempted rape. Yes. Because when they searched his house, they found like a trove of uh. videotapes of him having sex with women who are very clearly very under the influence of drugs or alcohol. So rape, rape videos. Is rape what they videos. Are. Let's call them what they are, Dayline. Yes. Rape videos. And this is where Sam, we're back to Sam, the woman who went for the Rudy Toots. Yeah. With him at two in the morning. Yeah. She's like, oh my gosh, now it all makes sense. Why everything happened the way it did. Paul gave her water at his place. And I don't know if anything was in there, but by four o'clock in the morning, after having my last drink at one and eating, um, I should have been able to say, I want to go home. Now all of these stories are coming out that yeah. he was meeting and drugging and raping women for the last 25 years. Yeah. And she realizes that's what happened to her and she's putting the pieces together and like Josh again handles it very well. It's a very delicate conversation very delicate. to have and he handles yeah. it yeah. excellently. So Paul Flores is fucking trash and Josh is like, what does justice look like here? Right. <laughs> Maybe we could have had it if they searched her goddamn dorm room for I five mean, seconds. it's unbelievable. Yeah, and he like really comes for the cops who were dragging their feet on this. He's yeah. just like, you know what? So go ahead and question not just the pace of justice, but whether that's even the right word for any of this. What does justice look like here? Maybe the answer is something that hasn't happened yet. That would be a family finding their daughter and at last laying her to rest. I don't know. Call me. I'm here. I'm Josh on Dateline. You know, that's the thing because the trial is set for April 25th. The defense tried to get it thrown out. The judge is like, no, it's no. happening. And who knows if there won't be some sort of deal struck right. where if they take them to the body, maybe they get some sort of reduced sentence. Right. Or some kind of delay. Like, who knows? Yeah. Right now it says April 25th, but yeah. I don't know. We'll keep you posted. We will. <laughs> I'm sure you'll keep us posted too. We'll sure. know about it. Everyone look to Chris Lambert for answer. Yes, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness, girl. This is such a crazy case and it ended without like a resolution. Right, but it also ends with Josh Manx begging like, what the hell is justice here? How right. do we get justice here? <laughs> right. So we, we don't have a lot of it, but we do have some updates for you yeah. in, in, that happened in March of 2023. So Paul Flores, the piece of shit here, was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison. Yeah, and his dad was acquitted. So Which is just that. crazy because we know the dad, like we know allegedly the dad was involved. Right, and the heartbreaking thing and like I think the reason that happened is that the family still hasn't found Kristen's remains, so they they still don't have that. And I think if we did, we yeah. would have gotten the fucking father. Or too. like what? Like I, just like what on earth? There's a new Dateline that just came out where the parents like sit down and and, yeah. and talk through it again. Yeah. So anyway, that's the update in the case. Thanks it's for something. listening. To the you know what I mean? It's something. At it's, least we got Paul, right? Yeah, like yeah. something happened. Fam, don't forget we just announced our live show tour, the TCO live show tour, opening night in Boston at the Wilbur, June second. Yep. Please, Boston, show up for this the way you always do. Close. Closing night in New York, August 26th. We're bringing back the dancers. Yeah. We're bringing back the show. We're, we're doing like a real opening night and a real closing I know. night. Like we're but kind of. This is not to neglect the cities in between. No. We are so excited to come to all the cities we're coming to. It's truecrimeobsessed.com. Click on the CS Live link. I've got to tell you, I've never been to Charlotte. I'm very excited. Me too. I've never been to Denver either. I'm very excited. So I'm excited to go to cities I love like Seattle and LA and Boston and all that. But also to like see new cities and I new, know. Pe new people. I think Charlotte's going to be the first city to sell out. They are really showing up come for this. Come on, Charlotte. Let's have a party. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fam, you can also get your tickets to my newly announced book party tour stops, the last ones before Obsessed Fest, mm-hmm. especially September 26th in New York City at Sony Hall. Oh. It's the day the book comes out. It's the official book release party. You are invited. It's one of the only stops that doesn't include a book, but we'll have the books on sale. You can be the first people to actually see the book yes. and hold it in your hands and, and have me sign it. Yeah, I was going to say, and get it signed. Will are you, you going to be mine? there? Yes, you're going to sign mine, right? Oh, are you, yours is the first I'm going to sign. I keep no. saying that. Yes, yours Come is the first on. I'm signing. Oh, that's really sweet. I can't wait. I'm very, very, of course I will be there. Yes, absolutely. Oh my God. All right, girl, what are we doing next? Oh my God, Capturing the Killer Nurse on Netflix. This is crazy. I can't, I can't, I can't. I just had to get stitches in my finger. I'll tell you that <laughs> on an after party. <laughs> The nurses were so nice to me. They, I, mean, I can't fucking believe this piece of shit. I hate I know, this guy. I, I hate know. him. I hate him. I hate him. All right. Well, stay tuned for the trailer for that. Our funny and hilarious outtakes. And we love you. I'm sorry that I got you. sick. I tried to never do that. I know. But I mean, I was down for the count. I couldn't move for like two days. Usually I'm like, you sound and look great. And I I, I looked at you and I was like, you sound and look horrible. <laughs> stay far away from me. I can't get sick again. We can't. Like, we got to figure it out. Uh, we called up right, Natalie but, with the calendar. We yeah. got to figure it out. I thank, right. you for, thank you for understanding. Always. I went right back to bed. Yeah, I slept like 18 hours like, that day. please sleep. Goodbye. I can't even look at you. I can't look at you. I can't listen to you. Goodbye. Okay. All right, fam. We love you. Bye. Bye. The idea that a nurse might be killing patients was very disturbing. There's no eyewitnesses. There were no cameras. Medical homicide, they're tough cases to prove. I walked in on him murdering someone. I felt like I was helping people. food science? Is that like a cooking degree? Which is great, but like food science? I used to know the answer to this. Oh, did you? (laughs) I know someone who's a food stylist. Oh my God, really? Yes. For like magazines, (laughs) stuff and and TV and movies. No, that's fine. That that makes sense. I understand that that's a job. Food science though? Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying. There's a real logical answer and it's (laughs) right right out of my head. Do you think being married to me is amazing? I... Amazing, amazing can mean many things, so yes. That's a hard yes. You basically are married to me. How's it going? It's going really well, actually. I love it. I think we balance each other out nicely. Uh, then we true. both go home to the people we're actually attracted to. I think it works. Why are they dead in there? Yeah. I need to tell you that I had a huge Red Bull before we started. Oh, I got that. Okay. I gathered it. Like, I had one of those Red Bulls and I was like, oh, this is so big, I'll never drink this. And I drank the whole thing. No, you sound like you're on 1.5 even okay. in my head. Which is fine. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. That Red Bull's really hitting me right now. I gotcha. It's all good. <laughs> Girl, Wild Grain is a sponsor this week. I know you are very excited to talk about it. I'm gonna shut the I'm gonna shut the hell up. I've been dying to talk about this. So Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Let me tell you, we had the croissant, we had the sourdough baguette, we had the sourdough loaf. Each item, you bake it right from frozen in 25 minutes or less. There's no thawing required. What is like the word for foodie for people who just like bread? Because that is Steve. Steve is a bready. That's me. When we got 
got our wild grain box, Steve tore, actually Golden tore it open. He was like, Golden smelled the bread, tore the mm-hmm. thing open. We popped the baguette right in. The, I'm a baguette and yeah. I, we devoured that baguette in 30 seconds. And you've been dying to talk about this for weeks. Like, you, this is the real deal, fam. Jillian's like signed up for this for life. Yeah, Mike may, I'm not kidding, my hand to, I swear. Yesterday, <laughs> Mike was just like, I'm a little hungry. Like a snack he wanted was the yeah. last sourdough baguette we had. And I'm like, we have to order more because uh, I don't know how we're going to survive without it. So fam, you can fully customize your wild grain box so you can get any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries you like. If you want a box full of bread, all pasta, all pastries, you can have it. That's right. And plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCO to start your subscription. You heard her. Free croissants yeah. in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCO. That's wildgrain.com slash TCO or you can use promo code TCO at checkout.